0: Hey everyone, and thanks for finding Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast. My name is Wes.
1: I'm Demetrius.
0: And I'm Saeed. And join us as we talk about anime, manga, video games, and pretty much everything in between.
1: And no matter what the episode's content, we promise that you'll have a good time hanging out with us.
2: Without further ado, here we go.
0: Welcome back to Bebop Banter, the premier anime podcast, the internet's premier anime podcast, the internet's premier spookiest anime podcast right now. My name is Wes, and I'm joined with my co-host Demetrius. Ooh. Ooh, and Said,
2: Boopies and boopets. <laughs> <laughs> he got it, Patrick. Rise.
0: <laughs> Rise, my
2: boopies.
0: Rise. Um... Anyways, thank you to everybody for listening to our last episode on Junji Ito, the man, the myth, the legend, the cat lover. As hinted at in our previous episode, as I'm uh, not You're even hinted at, we straight port- upset it at the end. We straight upset it at the end, right? Yeah. This episode is going to be on yokai. Specifically, this episode is going to be yokai in anime. I'm doing air quotes right now. Fact or fiction? So what does that mean? Well, that means we're going to break down just a couple traditional Japanese yokai that you may or may not have heard of that are kind of prevalent in uh anime itself, but we're going to break down how they are in folklore. So that's kind of the fact section of it. And then we're going to take a couple examples and examples from anime and kind of compare compare and contrast how it actually stacks up because if you listen to kind of towards the end of our last episode, Japanese folklore is very embedded in the culture. It, it goes big back. Time. It's big time. Oh, now that so I think about are, it,
2: they are very nature-based culture, and a lot of the yokai are kind of nature-based.
0: And that's that kind of has to go back to Shintoism and stuff, right? Like believing right, right, almost right. everything has some sort of god or spirit or entity uh, inside of it. So that's how we're kind of going to break this down. But before we even do that... We're throwing it back, ladies and gentlemen, to a good old little I, – I wanted to call it a segment, but it's not. It was It was like a weekly article series we did called Unwritten Anime Rules. Yep. Check out the Unwritten Anime Rules on our old school website, BacklogBebop at Wixsite.com slash BacklogBebop. I think that was it. Um, but in, those, in that little series of articles, we just kind of talked about little – well, not even we, Demetrius did all his research – and penned a couple articles here and there about tropes that you may or may not notice in anime, or things you may or may not notice, and one of those things is yokai. So I'm going to pass the mic over to Demetrius. (laughs) Yup. I'm going to pass the mic over to the boy Demetrius, and he can break down uh, and kind of refresh us all on what yokai is. And if you like this kind of having an unwritten anime rule at the beginning of an episode, you know, we may or may not be doing that. Uh, depending on some of the topics and stuff going forward. Mm -hmm. So look Mm -hmm. forward to maybe some more, some returning of that, some bringing our written content into this new uh, vocal medium that we're doing. So thank you for all the support. And Demetrius, it is all you, my brother.
1: All right. So yokai, um, also known or seen as monsters, ghosts, ghouls, spirits, and demons, which are very prevalent not only through anime and manga but through Japanese folklore as a whole are really just it's just the subject of all of those things so um, the big thing that the article calls out that I wrote maybe two years ago I think it was two years ago but the big thing about it was right when we were getting started yeah yeah. Um, the big thing about it is it's like a combination of two different things so yo meaning attractive, bewitching, or calamity, and Kai, meaning mystery or wonder. And it basically describes like a strange or supernatural creature from Japanese folklore. There was really like, if you think about the Renaissance in Europe, there was a similar thing that happened in Japan in the Edo period. So when that happened, of course, there was a lot of culture, um, film, writing, things like that, so when there was this boom, there was also a significant uptick in uh, the ghost stories and monsters talked about across Japan, so there's actually a pretty good collection out there on the internet, uh, literally called yokai.com, pretty cool stuff, the creator, I think his name is Matthew Mayer, yep, Matthew Mayer, has a lot of like just really interesting short reads on different yokai throughout Japan. Old school Japan.
0: friend of the show. Yeah, old right, school friend right? of the old show. School, old school, old friend. school friend. Shout out to him.
1: Good guy. Um, Before this was even a show. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the background of it. Um, some of these, like any story or ghost story, go back really far, and then some are just, you know, more new. Um, with, like, the digital age, different things that pop up. So, really, I mean, I'll talk about one that I called out in the article uh, called Kuchi Sake Ona, which just means, like, roughly, I'm not going to be the best translator, but Kuchi is like mouth, and then Ona is woman. So, it's like mouth woman ish. And. This urban legend is basically an apparition taking the form of a woman who has a surgical mask over her mouth. In most countries, especially Japan, if you're sick or you have some type of allergy or whatever, you'll wear a mask.
0: Hey, wear your mask, people. And- wear your masks. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um shout out. But this in this case she's wearing a mask because she has a very disfigured like mouth. Uh, It's like cut from ear to ear, kind of Joker-esque. And she'll walk up to you and say, am I pretty? Now, if you say no, you'll either get the same disfigured cut on your face or you'll be killed. If you say yes, she'll take off her mask. Again, remember, she's cut from ear to ear and she'll ask again. And the only way to survive this one is apparently to say, "Eh, you know, you're average and then she'll be confused and you can escape. If you say yes or no, it it doesn't look good for you. You, you, You're done. You're done. But uh, it's again like this urban legend is based on a beautiful but disloyal woman in the Heian period. And a samurai cut her mouth from ear to ear to ruin her beauty after she lied about something. I can't remember what it was.
2: Mm.
1: And. Uh, These
2: hoes ain't loyal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and apparently ho- there was a true story in Japan where someone was running around chasing children with a mouth similar to this. Ooh. So, that's yeah, terrifying. Yokai are everywhere. It's hey, a man. thing. Yokai What's watch. Mean,
0: like- The only way you can see them is if you have this special watch, bro, and then you can capture them and use them to battle other yokai.
1: (laughs) True, true. But there's there's a lot out there, of course, in just Japanese horror and ghost stories. But, you know, we're we're those anime boys, and there's a lot Mm -hmm, of it in anime. mm -hmm. That's why you see demons and ghosts Mm -hmm. a lot in anime. A lot. Everywhere. Oh, yeah, that
0: whole – what was it? That fan servicey show, show, um, Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to pronounce the Japanese name because I read the manga instead of watch the anime. Am I – I'm admitting I read the manga right now because it's super fan servicey. But yeah, everyone in did. that show is a yokai. <laughs> everyone in that show is a yokai pretty much, from like Zoshki warashi people to like cat gods to Oni, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um so yeah, they're they're everywhere. onis, kappas, mm. um, and yo, Kappa Mikey. Hello. I was
2: just thinking that <laughs>
1: <laughs> Franklin was a Kappa.
0: Yo, Franklin was a Kappa, bro. He there was, was an episode of is...
2: Arthur that had a Kappa in it. I remember was it distinctly? really distinctly. Yeah, like they were talking Ooh, about what... ghost stories or something, or scary stories, and I remember I distinctly remember a Kappa. With like a turtly reptiley-looking person that put water in his head or whatever, you know, something like you that. You know
0: what? That's actually that's a perfect segue for us to get into talking about different yokai, mm-hmm. um, and talking about in general just the kappa. So I'm gonna run through the kappa real fast because I think I'm the only one here that saw or that watched Sarazanmai, which is an anime all about kappa, which we also reviewed on our website. So you know, check it out. I'm not gonna say anything. But I am gonna say something. After we put that review up, two days later, Kotaku put up a review of Mai the anime. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They said some of the same stuff I did. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. <laughs> but no kappa. But anyways, anyways, anyways. So the kappa. We're gonna we're gonna break down popular yokai right now, starting with the kappa. In traditional, well, kappa also can mean river child, tri, river child. And in traditional Japanese folklore, the kappa is this amphibious yokai that is, it's green and kind of human-like. He has webbed hands, uh, webbed feet. Sometimes he's depicted with almost like a a turtle type of mouth, like a turtle beak or sometimes even a duck beak. Uh, And he has a turtle shell on his back. But kind of like Saeed just said, a distinctive feature is he has this dish on his head called a sara or, uh, yeah, S-A-R-A. And they have water in this dish because they're amphibious. They need to have water. Uh, And if they lose that water, depending on the story you're reading, they're either weakened or they die. So these kappa, they love cucumbers. Mm -hmm. They love sumo wrestling. And they're commonly used to kind of scare children away from riverbanks and such. You're describing a
2: ludicolo.
0: Yo, it, Ludicolo is Ludicolo is pretty much based on a Kappa uh, from Pokemon. And they're kind of used to scare children away from these areas that they could drown or they could get in trouble with water. Um, and the most common thing they do in folklore, in any story with a Kappa really, is they steal this little mythical organ called a Shirikodama. Kodama. Uh, some people say the Shirikodama uh, that they steal from people has the victim's soul in it. Some say that the kappa is just trying to get to their liver, and they have to remove hey, the shirikodama uh, hey to West, get there. Uh, where's but, this? But, where's
1: this mythical organ
0: located?
2: Ooh, ooh, how do you, How do they you get gotta it? Reach up. You got to reach up in that little booty
0: and steal <laughs> it out of the booty.
2: Oh, I was gonna, I was thinking more of the pineal third eye gland or whatever. Oh <laughs> no!
0: No 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 oh, no no no. So in these under. stories, in these stories, if you're swimming in referendum. an area. God, oh
2: my God Rect in the rectum <laughs> boom
0: bro so in these stories if you're swimming where a kappa is um the kappa will swim up unassuming you you don't know and then just reach in that booty hole and grab your shiri kodama and then swim More away with it or try story, to get to your liver swim
2: with a butt plug bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what i got yeah, I what? Nothing you, about said, the bump you said that's what i yeah, you, what say you say that's what, that's what i got, I
0: got, got. bro <laughs> no, that's, what I got. that's what you got out story. of the story well hold on oh man but anyway so <laughs> so that's the folklore the dog i'm i'm moving he said dms are <laughs> open
1: yeah i know i was like bro whoa
0: <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna very quickly pivot <laughs> to, even though it's not that much of a pivot because this happens in this anime. There's this anime called Sarazan on my out um, done by Mappa, who I believe is doing the new season of attack on Titan. Unrelated. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They also much did. Uh, uh,
1: what was it? Doro hmm mm-hmm. Yep. And there's a couple others out there.
0: Um, I, I personally love the ending theme and I think it's animated beautifully, but this, the series is pretty much about these three middle school students um two of them are childhood friends one of them is kind of this third kid that comes in later they all have their own secrets and circumstances they accidentally break this statue of a kappa releasing this little kappa guy um who enlists them he can turn them into kappa at his will and he enlists them to fight against these people um who have become kind of slaves to their desire by this organization that is made up of otters um nice uh, yeah otters, and, okay <laughs> And it they, they turn into these creatures and the 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 three middle schoolers have to become kappa to steal the Shirikodama of the people that have become enslaved to their desires. And when they steal the Shirikodama, kind of similar to uh, what happens in actual folklore where some people believe that's what your soul that's what contains your soul or it has your soul in it. When they get the Shirikodama They're able to see the desires and the life of the people. So they kind of learn more about that person. And then also the technique they um, use to steal it gives them more insight into each other. Little tips they have, or not tips, but little Easter eggs to Kappa folklore is um, they love cucumbers and the Kappa loves cucumbers. And then again, the Shiri Kodama. And yes, in the series, they have to steal it from the butt of the monster. So hey, y'all heard Saeed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I love cucumbers. Wait. Yo. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> uh, oh no. So
0: yeah, the accuracy, like, dishes, they all have the dishes on their head, but they're also trying to steal the Shiri Kodama to get these dishes that can grant their wish. The wish granting thing is not really in Kappa folklore, but Shiri Kodama, the the presence of the dishes, them liking cucumbers. The fact that the Kodama hold the soul of the people, mm-hmm. um, I'd say it's it's fairly and their appearance is Kappa, even though it's kind of cutie, uh, it's kind of like chibi fied. Um, it does a pretty pretty decent job, I guess, of you know portraying what a Kappa is in a series yeah. focused on Kappa. They
1: show up on so, uh they show up in Gintama as well in one arc.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When, yep. I think it was the island like they all washed up on a deserted island and there was like an underground empire almost Mm
2: -hmm. yeah there's a kappa there i do remember he had glasses i'm pretty sure
1: he had a scouter too bro that art yeah (laughs) Yeah. he's like oh you have the power of zero kelp or something like that it was (laughs) it's pretty funny
0: uh gintama that that'll get its own whole series oh yeah
1: there's a lot to dissect about gintama
0: so i think the next the next one we're going to talk about um is this one, it's it's a little harder because I personally haven't seen that many series that focus on this. But the next yokai that is very popular in different series is the Tengu. Ooh. The Tengu. Tengu- so, Yama. the Tengu. <laughs> Kawamatsu uh, Tengu- is
2: also a Kappa in One Piece.
0: Oh, dude, Kawamatsu oh, yeah. was a Kappa. You are correct. You are correct. Yo Tengu Yama is
2: also in uh, the Wana arc. The man with the big mm-hmm.
0: nose. Ooh, oh, true. Said, said, said it. The big nose. So let's get into some folklore, and we'll actually you we'll mean talk Usup? about
2: we'll talk about that man.
0: Yo,
1: Yamcha, <laughs> the goat
0: <laughs> god, Usop, god Usop out here. That's a that's for its own thing. But so Tengu, um, they're yokai, but sometimes they're also considered Shinto gods. Uh, fun fact: their name comes from Tian Gao, uh, if I pronounce that correctly, which is a dog-like Chinese demon. I was just uh, about with to tengu say this still very meaning, Chinese. yeah, yeah, it's it's so it's inspired by that, um, with tengu still meaning heavenly dog. But despite their name, they take the form of birds of prey, uh, like like crows, uh, especially like the karasu tengu. The crow tengu is popular in anime, uh, but they have human and avian characteristics. So typically, you see a dude dressed in traditional Japanese garb with giant crow wings out of his back, some sort of weapon either a crow face or, like Saeed said, a long-nosed Tengu mask. Because while they're traditionally bird-like in their face, more recently it's caught on that they have uh, unnaturally long noses and sometimes masks that look like they have unnaturally long noses. I'll let Saeed talk about um, our boy from One Piece here in a second, but a good example of what to kind of expect for a Tengu. Oh, and they're also considered... Um, In Buddhist culture, that they're harbingers of war. So, very combat focused. Um, Which, an example of this, while not a Tengu, is Uroku Daki in Demon Slayer. Because his mask is traditionally like a Tengu-like mask. His Japanese outfit is what you would very commonly see a Tengu dressed in. And the fact that he was a former Hashira or like one of the pillars of the Demon Slayer core, one of the strongest swordsmen, kind of lines up with how he is, um, or how tengu's are more traditionally um, seen as representing war or battle or combat, so that's what I got on that tengu. Hmm. And
2: tengu, the tengu, tengu from One Piece in the Wan arc is also fits the description you just said. I'm pretty sure his garb is traditional. Also, he has wings or something like that with the long nose, and he just so happens to be a blacksmith of weapons. Fitting in with the uh, war Buddhist mentality of that mythology.
0: There we go. There we go. But you know, Tengu show up. Also, Tengu Yama Buranchi from Toriko.
2: True. He just looked like a Tengu from. Very true. Yeah, Tengu Yama Buranchi from Toriko. He more so just looked like a Tengu. But besides that, not very Mm -hmm. Tengu
0: like. Hey, but he has the name. He has the name. Yeah. It's pretty dope. In in a lot of series. A lot of series I've seen, like Ushio and Tora and stuff, Tengu kind of show up as uh, side characters or, like, members of armies or something. But Mm -hmm. um, there is one type of yokai that is kind of the go-to yokai enemy in both Japanese folklore um, with Momotaro and in anime that deal with uh, yokai type of things. So... You know, Demetrius, I know we were talking about examples of this, uh examples of this yokai, but do you want to kind of, do you want to kind of break down what this particular yokai is and then give that good old DBZ example? Here? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Oni, which are very, mm-hmm. very... Oni-chan? Very used, haha. <laughs> very used throughout anime. Um are basically like the most basic form of demon that can be seen anywhere. Uh you can you can see it in Dragon Ball Z but
2: again One Piece as well.
1: Yeah, One Piece too. But they Onigashima? basically Basically it's like the Japanese form of a troll or an ogre. Um usually they're red or blue, typically portrayed as those and they have one or two horns. And they also usually have, like, iron clubs, which is, you know, again, trollish, ogre-ish. Um, a prime example that I think of is when Goku fell off of Snake Way in Dragon Ball Z, and he yep. ran into Gaz and Mez, yep. both red and green, they both have horns, and oh, they red, both wield iron clubs so the, uh-huh. that is that is an example of a basic oni of course the depiction is going to change depending on whatever the author wants them to look like um i almost said the harry potter troll was an oni <laughs> yo
0: kind of oni what was it troll Shrek in the dungeon a just oni oni in the, yo <laughs> um
1: bro there was there's i mean there's so many though like
2: Kaido is not not confirmed, but he he fits the description of an oni to a degree. He got the horns. He got the his main weapon is the club. He's an iron that. club. A, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it makes sense and that the oni island. basically
1: means demon. Yeah. So I mean,
2: onigiri, zoro. Yep.
0: Mhm. And there's a uh, so we we talked about kind of the the traditional example here. But for all of you, all of you new anime fans out there, and also all you fellow Weebs, there are two particularly famous Oni by the name of Rem and Rom in ReZero. And instead of being the Hulking figures that Demetrius just described, these are I'd say they're two kinda kinda cute little anime girls with one with pink hair, one with blue hair. They have a little horn. They use iron maces or uh iron like morgan or morning stars uh very strong but you know that's a more modern interpretation to get the to get the more modern anime fan you know don't go with the buff dude go with the cute little maid girl uh that can still kill you it's true yeah so that is that is the oni right there oh and i i Um, think
1: it's a little nugget of knowledge that you can typically there's typically like masks of oni that you can see. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. that show up in anime or I guess through some festivals as well. Yep. They're out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um oh, traditionally also they wear loincloths like tiger tiger uh, skin loincloths too. So, you know, that's that's a thing. But there is we've we've kind of been dancing around it. There is one I would, at least for western anime fans, I would argue this might be the most famous um, yokai out there. And I know we all have a bunch of different examples, so I'm going to dedicate these last few minutes to this one in particular. This one is the Kitsune or the kyubi. So, real quick kitsune literally just means fox. fox so it's a fox and saeed saeed i know there's one in one piece from again from the wano arc
2: um, yeah i think his name is kitsune
0: a, uh-huh and then demetrius i know you got one from yu yu Hakusho. yup yep. yep. Yoko and, then I'll break down a, mm, and i'll break down a and i'll break down a, will break down a naruto one real quick but it's literally fox kitsune and they're nine depicted Tales as from being Pokemon. And oh, nine yeah. tails from pokemon yup Uh, They're they're depicted as being extremely intelligent and they only become smarter as time goes on. Uh, They're depicted as also having this ability to shape shift and communicate with people. And what might be what um, most people might recognize is that the number of tails they have shows how kind of strong they are and how old they are with nine tails. Being the max that a kitsune or a QB, QB literally meaning like nine tails. Nine, um, nine is the max they have. That means they're the strongest, they're the oldest, they're the wisest. And in the Edo period that Demetrius was mentioning before, the kitsune was viewed as kind of this witch animal, right? They they were written as they go around and they trick people with their shape shifting. And it goes back to our Naruto episodes where initially Swiper no swiping, yep, mm-hmm. Swiper no swiping. Where, where initially Naruto was going to be a fox person, a Kyuubi or a Kitsune that would play pranks on people before they went with the whole ninja theme. But over time, the Kitsune, because of how close proximity kind of foxes and people are, uh, it's, it morphed into this faithful guardian, friend, and in many cases with Megitsune, which is a female fox, uh, even a lover or a wife in some romance tales. So real quick because it's an extremely easy example for me to give before I pass it off, Kurama, the nine-tailed fox imprisoned within the main character, the titular character of Naruto, is, I think, a pretty good example of this because, again, it's the strongest of the tailed beasts. It has nine tails, Mm -hmm. which kind of reflects the more tails you have, the stronger you are of a Kitsune. Uh, I don't think Kurama can shapeshift. But he has an insane amount of chakra, intelligence, and the ability to communicate with Naruto and others. So he's displayed kind of that intelligence. And what I thought most interesting about this was initially the kitsune in traditional folklore was considered kind of a menace, like how the nine-tailed fox starts out because he destroys part of the village as being considered this menace. But as time went on in Japanese folklore and as time went on in Naruto, it became more of a guardian spirit with an episode of Boruto even being centered around the fact that the nine-tailed fox Kurama has gotten so popular that and this is in Boruto again uh, they made plushies out of it and like fake little pets of it that you can have and keep around with you because it's so beloved so kind of the growth of the nine-tailed fox in Naruto almost mirrors the growth in perception in Japanese folklore of these nine-tailed foxes or just foxes in general I found that interesting um, but huh. there are a couple more examples, so I'll just I'll just pass it off to you guys for that. Yeah,
1: I think the other one that you kind of mentioned um, is in Yu Yu Hakusho, Yoko Kurama, which you're only introduced to him as Kurama, was a demon in the form of a fox who was extremely intelligent, a bandit who would raid uh, people for their riches and was just super good at what he did until he got caught and had to basically flee and became a human who was a lot more of a benevolent person who was just kind of more considerate of others, um, still powerful and intelligent, but wasn't like that bandit who was raiding people and robbing. So he kind of became, again, kind of going to the folklore, more of a guardian slash uh, ally than this terrible... Uh, initial thing that he was. Instead of malevolent, he was benevolent. Um, another cool thing is, if just a random fact, go look up how a, a fox, like, listen to a fox laugh. I think that kind of could be one of the early indicators to why some people might have thought that foxes were Trickery or witchcraft because they sound, some of them sound kind of human like the way they laugh. Mm-hmm.
0: And that maybe that's on the shape shifting too. Like people thought, oh, maybe they can turn into humans. That's why they sound like that. Yep. That's a good point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're foxes that live outside my place and I hear them at night sometimes. And it I ran with the me. fox the first once time. It freaked me out.
2: Oh, I was I on a run and the fox was running next to me for a clean 10 seconds. Yo, very that's a that fox from. That's oh, that wow. fox
0: from One Piece, bro. Let, it, yeah, let him know. Good let transition. Know. <laughs> in the Wana
2: arc, Gyukimaru is this. We first get introduced to G- Gyukimaru in a humanish form, protecting this grave area from bandits, usually. And we'll later find out spoilers. You'll oh, probably I forget about by the time you want to. Yeah, it turns out he was a fox that's protecting that area I don't want to spoil too much but basically he's a shapeshifter with that uh, Kitsune ability who's protecting from bandits he's like the protector of kinda I guess what the Kitsune originally was thought of to be as like a bandit like mischief, mischievous person but in this story it's like reversed it became the protector from the bandits pretty interesting there's a dope mm-hmm. chapter, too, though.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: There's... Such a good chapter. There's, like, other
1: weird little things that I've seen in yokai that... There's, like, a common trend of yokai that are actually female. I don't know why, why? Um, but there's some really interesting stories. For example, um, one of the ones is called uh, Jigoku Taiyu which just literally means hell courtesan and it's really like short story is about a courtesan who was like the the, the top she had a pretty tragic life i'm not going to go into those details but she became a courtesan and she rose to the top and encountered this monk and basically reached enlightenment which is probably one of the better outcomes of a yokai story um a lot of people have heard of ao oni which i believe um well ao oni is of course like that video game i think it became a manga or an anime or it was like a blue demon chasing these kids and stuff like its diet is mm-hmm. typically children and i believe that that's was in yokai
0: watch yeah. too that's in yokai watch they chase you around or at like midnight it'll chase you around in certain levels
1: yeah and i believe it was inspired from Bozu, which just means blue monk and they were like depicted to be in like uh, abandoned houses sometimes they were in fields but basically they would be just kind of in abandoned places or places people typically wouldn't go to and they would basically get children and snatched up. And it's another one of those stories that children should go home after school instead of going to play out in the fields and all this other stuff. Um, and then here's the fun one, another Gintama, Umi Bozu, who also mm-hmm. happens to be the father of Kagura. Um, but it's basically... Roughly translated as Sea Monk. And it's basically this huge, almost Titan-esque figure that emerges from underneath the sea. So they kind of just like pop out of the water, uh, even on calm days, and create like calamities around them. So just in terms of storms, um, can take out a whole ship in one fell swoop, which kind of helps you understand why kagura's father in gintama would have the nickname umibozu just based on his power so there's a lot of cool Mm -hmm. stuff out there you should definitely check out yokai.com and just click through random yokai it's a good time
0: yeah and not and not every yokai i I think like a lot of what we kind of focused on uh today are yokai that kind of like attack people in some form or are more chaotic or more like combative you know what i mean um, but that doesn't mean every yokai is like that. I think a perfect example of it is there's one called the Zashiki Warashi, which kind of appears like this little kid with a bob haircut. It can be a boy or a girl. And pretty much the story goes that like if there's a Zashiki Warashi in your house or at a place you're staying, then you have good luck to follow, generally. There's like some tales of a Zashiki Warashi like wearing red and if you see that one you're going to have misfortune but um in general there's the idea that Zashiki warashi is a yokai that signals uh, good fortunes coming in the future and a funny story is a few years ago someone said they saw one at this inn in japan um and it just caused a flood of people trying to go to this inn because kind of the theme is it's so ingrained into culture that people are like, yo, why not? Right? Who knows? Yeah. It could be it could be lucky. It's true. So there's just there's so many. Like Dimitri said, so many yokai. Yokai.com is awesome. Um any any closing thoughts, guys?
1: No, just kind of more what you said. There are there are some benevolent spirits, ghosts, and stories about them. They're definitely out there, but there are some that are really rooted in like some of that. Japanese folklore horror esque type of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I do. I do want to say in the beginning of this episode, we said it was going to be kind of a fact or fiction episode. Um, in general, from what we've seen, we kind we touched upon it. The first one, I think, we kind of just kind of directly said like, "Oh, this did a good job." And then as we went on, we touched upon kind of the things they did and didn't do. But in general, um, I think it would be fair to say, would you guys agree that in looking into this, while there are stylistic differences in the way they presented and stuff, there's a real care um, afforded to the folklore behind it and making sure that in some way it's being depicted correctly.
2: Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
2: I can't. It's also, I can't pick out. it's also interesting. It's also interesting that they introduce it to younger audiences too. Mm-hmm. Concept of the yokai, even if yeah. it might be more pacified at, for them. When you get into, yeah, I guess, I mean, the more realistic or the historical darkness of it, I guess, kind of like the Brothers Grimm stories in the West. How it's more pacified for the younger audience, where the true stories were yeah, more. Yeah, what? Right. Creepy. Uh,
0: yokai watch was that pokemon competitor for a while before it fell off and it was all about just introducing you it was like aimed at younger kids it had that super cartoony look and it was all about just introducing real and fake yokai to children so yeah it's it's very interesting to see the way that uh these monsters are both accurately reflected because i can't think of like a series that depicts any sort of yokai in a way that isn't in line with its actual description, whether or not they're over-exaggerating or under exaggerating features. Um yeah. it's just it's just so interesting to see how how ingrained it is in almost all aspects of society.
1: It's interesting. I wonder how much how much of stories in anime like Mushishi or um Ooh, that's a like that's ghost a stories, series. like the legit ghost stories. I wonder how much of those heavily borrows from Japanese folklore or if they're like more original.
0: Yeah. Because um there is because I'm i I mentioned it I think last episode uh where I was talking to Demetrius about sending over this uh horror story game called um Deathmark that you can get on Switch and PS4, really awesome visual novel series. I, freaky, I'm pretty bro. sure all of the, I'm pretty sure all the yokai that you encounter in that game are like exclusive to that game, right? But they're all based on something else, which makes you think how many like regional variants of something exist in real life. How many, um, how many stories just kind of change just a little bit here and there, you know? Um, and how some yokai might actually just come out of, this general idea or understanding of something. Um, you know, how many yokai are there that I've read about that have to do with mirrors, right? What are the the sources of these? It's just so many layers, so many layers behind everything.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's, there's still like that. Like we talked about last time, there's still that depth that there's, there's layers and layers and regions and regions of different versions that
2: ponies have layers
0: yeah demons have layers have layers he says oh man um but on that note everybody thank you for checking us out again i say it every time and some people might get tired of it but we the three of us here really 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 appreciate it um so thank you for checking us out thank you for listening to us kind of talk about yokai
1: what's your favorite yokai? Uh, there are a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Comment below on our Instagram post. What's your favorite yokai? There are a lot we didn't talk about. I was messaging in the chat. I could have talked about, like, the Yuki Onna and how Yukina kind of represents that without explicitly being it in Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there are a bunch of them out there. So, yeah, go to yokai.com, research, comment with some of your favorites, you know. Um, comment with some examples of, what did we talk about? The Kappa, the Tengu, the Oni. The kitsune slash QB, like some examples of that that you've seen in anime that we haven't even thought of. Look forward to some more spooky, spooky episodes coming up in these next couple of weeks as we make our way through October. we really enjoying doing these these more seasonally themed episodes right now. So who knows? Who knows? Going forward, there might be there might be a little something here or there. Once we get to December, well, we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, my name is Wes. I was joined by Demetrius and Said. You guys know what to hit them with.
2: To be continued.
1: Viva, don't stop. Peace.